Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining us on Will Namie's Basketball Podcast later, uh, featuring B. John Burton, Terry Rouse, and myself, Brandon Moore. Our first episode here is going to be sponsored basketball programs versus independent basketball programs. Please stay tuned, and thanks for the listen. Here is part one. In today's, in today's basketball world is you don't, and I'll just use I use North Carolina as reference because most of the people, you know, who will listen to this, the pride in this area, um, people think if they don't play for Garner Road or they don't play for Team Loaded or they don't play for CP3, Team Charlotte, Steph Curry, whatever, that they can't make it to that level or they can't play high major. And I actually think it's the complete opposite. I think if you're a guy who isn't, you know, no one's talking about you being the top five player in the state, but you have top five player skill. I think the best thing for you to do, honestly, is to go to a team where you don't have a bunch of those guys because, um, you know, and you're in the same tournaments as those guys that are playing because you're going to get seen the most. John Morant, you know, prime example. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, if you got skill, coaches will find you personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I think, you know, the whole circuit thing, I think it's kind of been a way for the circuit teams, the shoe programs, the shoe companies to kind of like come in and separate like, oh, well, um, and I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are missing when they come to those different platforms are what does your uh, player need? Like, does he need exposure or development? Uh, coaching. I mean, there's multiple different things that we could be like talking about. I mean, just in that, just one subject right there. But, I, I, but I mean, I think as just as far as like, I mean, do you need a circuit team? I would definitely say probably no, um, because the, I mean, the most important thing uh, to me after you get to that 16, 17, you, I think the most important thing definitely is playing time. Are you on the floor? Are you contributing? Um, are you getting those minutes? Um, are they playing? Are they playing at events where you're going to be uh, visible at your level? I think that's the most important thing. Right, I agree. Right. What you What you think, Terry? Well, just to piggyback on both what both of you guys are saying, um, I think personally, um, I'll say no, and and simply because of just the development part. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, what top five, top fifty, top one hundred. Outside of that, you if you're the top one fifty, you trying to play on the EYBL team. I mean, come on, man. Everybody's not playing on those teams. Yeah. And then one of the big things that a lot of these people don't understand is is um they think because you're playing on a sports team or you don't have to pay anything. Shit, they you got to pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just, it's just what it is. You just got to pay. It's usually three, three, five thousand too. I think something like that. Something. Yeah. You bring the Unless you're the marquee guy and you're the guy that's keeping them that uh, shoe contract, definitely. And they uh-huh. keep them so, I don't I, I don't know, man. I just think, you know, if I, you know, me being a parent for my son, the best, the most important thing for me was development. You know what I mean? Everything else will fall in place if you develop right, right? Yeah. So and I also think I also think kind of piggybacking that a little bit is like um when you're in those programs, you know, I played a team takeover for a year. Um, 
everyone's just, the pressure for winning is crazy. It's almost it's almost it's honestly at the same level <laughs> colleges. I ain't gonna lie. To you. <laughs> it's it's crazy, right? So yeah, I know. When the pressure when the pressure is that high, um, just like you were saying, you don't you don't have time to develop. You know, it's like I'm gonna play my best really seven guys, and yep. those other two or three guys, you know, if we're up forty, we're up fifty. You get some minutes, but we expect yep. you to just get better in practice, and when it's time for you to be ready, you be ready. And then what you see is a lot of these guys they'll get the offers and then they'll go to these schools and never play. Because yep, they're not they're transfer. Yep, and then yeah. they transfer, and that's why it's three hundred you know eighty-five guys in the damn Division Two transfer portal right now, and it's another three hundred and ninety something in the uh, Division One. That's but the difference right there. But also, too, that brings that brings another question in. So, are these guys playing on the circuit? Are they learning how to play, or are you just learning how to run up the court? You know what I mean? Because no, no. like. For the average kid, they feel like if they play AAU, they don't also have to get better. Right? <laughs> Wait. Right. Right. So they think, you know, I play AAU. I don't gotta I don't gotta work on my game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like what do you guys gotta say to that? Like for for, for the kids who for the kids who feel like they're invincible. No, nah, that's just I mean, that's just I mean, that's just a part of the pie. I mean, I think personally the whole improvement piece is something you gotta be doing consistently all the time i mean i think that's something you should be doing on like a daily basis like i don't care if you play aau on the on a circuit team on a shoe team or maybe it's an indie i don't care i mean that's just a part of your process just to help you reach your goal um i think uh, a lot of kids they do think that you know i'll play AAU or whatever but but i mean then it quickly goes back to what are y'all spending your time on in practice is it any type of developmental uh, piece in there or is it just we walk in we stretch we get a few shots up we run through our sets and then we scrimmage so so well, is that because the kids don't un, uh, they don't um, identify what being great is or good is I mean because it seems like the concept of these kids now like they think it's gonna play uh, AAU they good not work out not work on their body you know what I think the problem is? I think the problem is social media, right? So every kid watches, um, uh, I'll just throw, uh, throw a guy. Every kid watches Noah Farrakhan, right? And just thinks, oh, no, it's so good, whatever the case may be, but not understanding that he's in the gym six days a week. Or every guy, you know, all these kids think that the NBA is, is sweet, right? Everyone thinks, you know, I just got to be 6'8". Um, and I always use this guy as, as an example now, <clears throat> Jonathan Kaminga. People are like, well, you know, Kaminga's 6'8". I was like, you don't understand, he's 225. He's 6'8", 225 in high school. No, he's a grown he, man. He's a grown he's man. He's a grown man. There's the, there's the difference right there, right? The difference is he spent time in the weight room. Well, I'll tell you Not this. Only, yeah. And I'll let me cut you off. That's the difference yeah. in between a Division One and Division Two. You got the same body. type of skill set. It's that body. Yeah. It goes to your body. How good is your body? Are you strong? Can you compete? Like, can you just take that pounding? A lot of the kids, like, they don't understand. And I mean, playing public school basketball, it just, it gives you uh, a delusional measuring stick in my eyes as far as what you could do, how you can compete, who are you competing against, right? Um, I don't think they see any really top players. Um, and, and just... 
pretty much this area because I think they kind of miss you all. They just kind of miss each other pretty much. I don't think anything, uh, you know, anyone's like pretty much like just like ducking uh, people. But I do think that, that they're not playing great competition from October to February. That's just that's just my personal like the, thought. Well, yeah, you, you're right about that. It's, I mean, high school, high school basketball is not the same. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I kind of I get when people say, oh, these kids better and all that. But I don't think they better. I think they're allowed to do more. That's just my opinion on it. Um, you, you know, like I'm, I'm just thinking about uh, looking at Mountain Verde when we watch them play. I think, uh, you know, back in the '90s, like shit, shit uh, uh, Dominguez, all them teams was better than that prep school team. You had Paul Robeson, Chrysler King, them three teams right there was better than that that Mount Verde team, and it had just as many. Five uh, five star recruit, four star recruits. The, the players are just better to me. This is my opinion. So I mean, Mount Verde is the standard right now, right? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm not sure if, if if that's it, man. I, I just don't see the. I think I, don't I think I, I think where people are praising them isn't even. I think it's not even on the offensive side, right? So how do you get all those? They defensively, I haven't seen a team full of that many. Five-star guys that all buy into a system, right? They all buy hey, into Plan B. Hey B, but get where they, hey, hey B, but guess where they at though? <laughs> Go ahead. It's Coach yeah. Hamilton style of play. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I you told know, Terry. You know, he told me. He told me. Well, I, hey, I, I told Terry. I was like, man, look, I've never seen five kids, and let's just say five five stars. Playing yeah. defense, ten, yeah, ten, yeah, ten guys playing defense like that. It was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. But then that goes straight back to that coaching, right? That goes back to that level of coaching that, that those guys are getting day in and day out, no breaks, right? No shortcuts. He's not letting them off the hook, and he's holding those guys accountable. So really, I think you know that subject goes back to you know the kids have much more freedom, right? Yep. And I think it's also a lack of coaching. I, and I mean, I think pretty much if I don't know, then I'll just let this guy go play, right? Yeah. Right, right. I'll just let this guy go play. And I mean, maybe it'll help him. Maybe that kid's smart enough to where he can kind of just pretty much like figure it out. He can win us 18, 19 games and we'll be straight. But more than likely, you like, I mean, you end up pretty much just ruining that kid because that kid's going to get to his next level of college, and then he's stuck. Right. He's right. stuck. What'd you say, what'd you say B? I was going to say, would y'all think that a lot of kids in the North Carolina area are under-recruited? And when I say under-recruited, I mean, like, obviously the root of under-recruited means not being seen. But do you think, like, there's a lot of kids who could get more – should be like a lot. I talk about the D2 guys a lot because I think there's a <clears> lot of D2 guys. Like, for example, there's a D2 guy right now. After one year, put his name in the portal, he's got like 20 D1s after him. Where did they go wrong? Right? His game ain't, his game ain't changed that much. Right? Yeah. Your game don't change that much in a year. <laughs> I will say, I'm going to tell you this. I will say, this, yo, this is going to be funny because I will say in North Carolina and especially this. Raleigh Triangle area, 
I think players are under-recruited. And I will say they're under-recruited just because I will take us right back to the first topic we had, playing on circus teams. Is it important? There's a lot of kids playing on teams in high school during the summertime, sitting on benches, not getting playing time. And and there's certain programs who are telling these kids, hey, if as long as you play here, you're going to be all right. You're going to get those opportunities. You're going to get those scholarships. And then the spring of their senior year, it's not happening. And these kids are being under-recruited. And then they'll end up at like a D3 or NAIA. And then they'll end up transferring out. And then they'll end up – some of them are actually going up to uh, Division One schools. But um, – but I think that's a big piece of it. Um, and I think that goes right back to also, and I'll even chime in on this, a lot of these independent programs too are not playing in in the right events, in the quality events, right? Yeah, so they're not um, marketing themselves, yep. So they're so yes, yeah, so they're not marketing the you know, the players or the program. And if then it goes back to all of a sudden these players don't have looks and then all of a sudden these guys or parents looking from the outside in, the first thing they're thinking is, oh, well, I got to go here to get like that. But they don't because it's another 100 programs like that are indie that are 100% like playing in some of the best like live events in the country. And they probably will smack some of those uh, sponsor teams. Definitely, with less guys. With With less less guys. Yeah, with less guys. 100%. Well coached. Yeah. Well coached, well coached, play as a group, all those type of things. Um, and it goes back to minutes, and I and I've been saying this for years, it's way too many teams, it's way too many coaches. Um, that's my biggest I would say my biggest gripe on like grassroots basketball right now is that it's just too many teams and it's too many coaches that either got mad or got let go out of a program. They went and said, hey, I'm going to start this and I'm going to do this. And then they got kids. Because there are teams in this area that really, in the Raleigh, Durham, Winston, Greensboro area, that, that they really do do that. And then they will go and not play in any live events during the spring and summer, which baffles me because you should not be coaching high school basketball if that's something that you don't want to do. Because if you're not marketing these kids, then what are you doing it for other than just your ego, right? And it's a money grab. And it's a money grab. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. They're charging these kids 900 Well, some of the, oh, let's just be fair. Somewhere between 600 and $1,000 or $1,200 and saying, look, you're going to play here, blah, 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 blah. And these kids never even, like, touch those tournaments. And it's just a quick way for these guys to make money. Right. And also, and too, I, and also too, and also, too, what they do is they grab them and say, hey, I'm going to train you. Blah blah blah. X amount of time a week and get an extra, extra what three to four hundred dollars out of the parents. Yeah, it's just absolutely, absolutely. But I think that's part of it, man. Is that this area is under recruited, but I think it's under recruited based on a lot of kids being hid. Um, I think the they're problem, being, yeah. I think they're being hid just because. That's what they recruit kids just to put put them on the bench. It's old tactic. Yeah, yeah, just, absolutely, parents absolutely. Not being informed, parents not being informed, and you know, understanding the process. Yeah, like he, yeah. You know, my kid don't have to be on this team. He can play here as long as he's playing in the right venues. Yeah, you know but, what I mean? But this is the one that kills me, though. This is the one. This right here is the one reason why. 
Um, parents always say they want to go play for like a sponsor program or like a sponsor shoe program. They always say, I want to get my kid in early. So if I get him in early when he's in ninth, 10th grade, then they'll put him on the sponsor team and he can play on the sponsor team with the sponsor it's shoe program. And then he can, and then he'll get more opportunities and more looks by being on that team, which all three of us know that's not the way it's going to work. Right. Um, cause once you get the ninth grade, it's just a reset button. Right. And all they want to mm-hmm. do is like they're gonna bring kids in from all over. Just I mean, just trying to be competitive. They're taking the best two, best three guys they got. You know, they're trying to get the best player in every position. A couple, the second best guy, and put them on a the team. It don't matter what you do. They already got it. It's just so much backdoor politics that a lot of these parents don't understand is going on, or they do understand and think that they could play to the politics. And their kid isn't up to the skill level needed to make the politics in your favor. You yeah, but that's saying? the yeah, but yep, yeah, and that's the thing about the whole like mindset of I'm gonna get there early, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'm gonna get there like in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and they don't understand that when they go ninth grade, this yo, this is strictly a whole different business. Like, yeah. like it's about I need certain amount of D1 players for my program to be on the sponsor, go to be. A shoe sponsor program, right? That's what it boils down to. Like, I can't have this three or four kids who may go D3 or may not play. Like, no, that's just not what it is. So, they, and I mean, even your kid may even be a D1 prospect. And they'd be like, look, you got to go over there. Like, you got to play on on our, like, B team, right? I mean, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. But parents think that they don't get the look they need, right? Yeah. And then they, and they think that these kids are going to get what they, really deserve just by being with the program for a long time and it completely resets at at probably 15 16 but then i think it's another really a real big reset at 17 where because i mean 17 u is where shoot programs make their money right as far as putting multiple guys in college so they go um well you got to have nine kids off this team go to college 10 go play d1 three go play d2 something like that but um, uh, but I mean, a lot of times, um, these I mean, these kids at 16, 17, going into their senior year, they left. What? Okay, where am I gonna go play? Like yeah. you know, like I didn't make this A team, so now I gotta go play for this same program, but I gotta play the B team. And your 17 year, it's like I said, man, you gotta be getting ample playing time. Like that's your playing time year. You gotta be getting playing half the game. Yeah. Um, you got this. Or, right. just close, yeah. or just close to it. Or just close to it. You got to be getting a lot of visibility. Yeah, the problem, I don't know, man. I think it's like, because ever since I moved out here, I kind of see it. It's like, there's so many kids that are good, but there's not that many teams that are playing in big tournaments. So it's like, if those, and you look at the top teams, right, they have no more than 10 guys. So, I mean, there's just but so many numbers. So you get so many kids that don't play in the summer because there's no team for them to get on. It's not because they're not good, right? It's just all the teams, you got all these teams in the area, and everyone's just playing locally. It's like you're not going to get recruited that way. You know what I'm saying? It's no. Just, it's, it's, no. There's no way. No, and I'm going to tell you something funny, though. Um, us us in the last couple of years, and I mean, we probably played, uh, and I think I've told you, like we didn't play – we probably played three tournaments in four years in North Carolina, right? And I mean, we were just traveling Ohio, Columbus, all you know, playing 
just you know seeking just more competition, more competition. Atlanta every weekend, just trying to get our guys like ready for the sophomore junior year, rising senior year live period, so they could get better and be able to perform on that level and being used to playing against like that level of competition, right? And now it's kind of funny because I see some more other programs trying to like, you know, so like mimic, mimic the yeah, model. yeah, mimic and go down and just get into that Atlanta model because I'm dude, I, I, dude, honestly, three years ago, there was no other North Carolina team probably that was going down to Georgia, none, and I, and and still, and I'll be real with you, a lot of them still aren't going down to Georgia. Like they'll tiptoe maybe down there once a year to get something, That's but other than right? Yeah, but I mean, they just, you know, they're not going for that heat. Like, they don't want that heat because they're scared to lose. Like, and my biggest thing about travel ball, you got to be playing either at your level or above your level all the time. And I say above, yeah. And and really above your level. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially if you're young. Especially if you're young. You you got. If you're young, yeah. You need to play Yeah, you need to get punched to the face. You know what I'm saying? Because the problem with kids now is they think they're really good, right? So you go, so you go up against a kid who is really good, right? And then you're yeah. like, okay, it, it's a self-assessor, right? Back to it's, the good to get a self, it's good to get a self-assessor at 15, 16. For your 17 years, like, all right, I need to work. Like, you know, right. I got to get better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you're not going to get that playing guys that are your skill level or below. You just, you're just not no. going to see it. No. Yeah, I mean, the speed's it. different. Athleticism's different. I mean, yeah. the games play different. Um, no adversity, man. No adversity, man. You got to have adversity, man, to get better. You guys yeah. can't be confident. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, definitely. And when you're playing with people, you know, your, your talent level, you get comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll yeah. even tell you this, man. If I was a parent and we were choosing, and I am a parent, and I mean, but if I was choosing a program, like, my first thing, my first mindset would be, Everything before 15 you, mm-hmm. it would be skill development, getting my 100%. kid better, getting my kid better. Who's going to get my kid better? And I'll even tell you this. I don't even care if my kid played a ton. It is skill development. Give my kid every tool he needs in his toolbox. Coach him so he knows offense. He can play defense. He knows rotations. He knows the lingo. He knows everything. Like coach him at a higher level. Like coach him at a higher level than his age, right? Right. Then after we go 15U, 16U, 17U, then it turns into exposure, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the It turns into exposure. Like, can you help my kid continue to develop? And on top of that, like, can you? Like show him that exposure piece as well, and put him on the right platforms. And you don't have to be sponsored. You don't got to be yeah. sponsored. Is the circuit going to become uh, not needed at some point soon? Right. Yeah. Like that's what I was thinking about today. Is the circuit going to become not needed based on how players are actually improving now? Right. Like it's not like kids are getting re- like really really good at. Eighth grade, and then and then the same kid is the tough guy. The same he's like he's not the he's not the really good kid at, at like the eleventh, twelfth grade now, right? Like these kids are like coming out of nowhere, like all of a sudden, tenth grade, eleventh grade. He's the like he's the number ten player, but and I think that's part of why a lot of these kids are going from 
being highly ranked to being hundred and something. Like just like you just mentioned, uh, Noah Farrakhan. He was yeah. you know, he was number eight in he was he, he was number eight in the country. Yeah. Number eight. And now oh, in his senior year, he's hundred and twenty twenty four. I think I think he's got <laughs> he's 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 the main reason of that poison though. For sure. Uh and just explain that. Uh, explain so, that. So for one he shouldn't have left IMG because that hid his ability, his offensive and his defensive ability. Um, he probably would have stayed top 10 if he would have stayed at IMG because he, re- he didn't have to play defense. He also didn't have to showcase offensive. Everyone talked him up like he was this guy who could really score and, could, and he was never that guy. He was, that's not his he, game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. He's not, uh, from what I've seen, he's not that 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 guy can just get you a bucket yeah, no matter who yeah, you're playing against. Yeah. He needs he two would, or three guys. Yeah, but guess what? Yeah. He was marketed like he was a guy that's going to go get you a bucket. So he was ranked based on the fact that he's an IMG, scoring 12, 15 a game. Oh, he could score. He can get you a bucket. But you got Josh Green and you got the other boy, uh, the other guy. Uh, um, you got those two wings that are scoring 30, 25 plus, but it's hitting, right? Because yeah. you got – you got uh, Good, good shot blockers. You got all these guys who are playing really good that you don't have to play phenomenal, right? Then you go to, right. then he goes to St. Patrick's where his role has to get bigger, right? Yeah, they got Kaminga, but it's supposed to be Noah Farrakhan and John Kaminga, right? That's it's supposed right. to be the one two that's supposed to be scoring. So Noah Farrakhan is supposed to be that dynamic score, right? And it turns out. He's not that guy. So what happens is every all the all the big college coaches, like your Kentuckys and Dukes, are like, okay, he really isn't that guy that you know we we was really recruiting him to be, right? Yeah. So now you're gonna see him. He's gonna fall into the 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 low high majors like a Penn State, like a like a Rutgers, like a um, like a uh, just those middle tier like ACC, like a Clemson. He's gonna fall into that. Into well, let me ask into, you this. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. Is he a product of what I'm going to call circuit basketball? Is he a product of he just got that that ranking early based on him being a young kid playing in, playing in the EYBL? Because, I mean, I, it, I mean it, it, I if you he, noticed, uh, what'd you say? Uh, I was thinking he got a, I think he got this up from um, IMG. Well, I think it's over yeah. Yeah. But but I, no, but I'm gonna tell you this. Let's just like, let's run the track record. He was playing for Nike Team Florida, right? Yeah. I remember that. Then he played for Nike Team Florida the next summer. Yeah, it was Scotty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he and then he went to IMG. Right? Right, yeah. He went his sophomore year. Yep. And, and then the next summer I think he played with Under Armour team. Right. All right. Uh, Right, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. started to see that dip, and mm-hmm. then he ended up leaving IMG, and he went to St. Pat's. So, right. and now he's at 124, 25. So, right. so is it? Is it? I see what you're saying. Is the model? I got you. It's so the model. It's the model. He, like he, he was, he was with too many, too many coaches. You hearing too many different things, right? Yeah. So that's that's a location every year. Every year, so you learn. You can learn from that, but it's hard for women kids if they don't have that maturity level to grasp all that information. Which you know what I mean? Which is clear. He does a lot of kids. 
Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, yeah. guys can't do that shit. You know what I mean? They can't go yeah. from get traded for three different teams and can't play them other two teams, and they probably got that heat. You know what I mean? Yeah, so hundred percent. But I think it's a I think it's a lot of guys like that. Um, you know, um, I think we could talk about this. Why is the Millbrook team so hyped up? Because they they, they get the recruitment. <laughs> they get all the big exactly. kids every year. Every year they yeah. six eight. They got three guys six eight. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like you know, the average size in that conference, is like the, the the average big in that conference, is like six to six two six three. You got four six size six seven six eights on your team. I mean, that speaks for itself. Yeah. But as you can see. Right when they get it, they go against some guys who can actually play the game. They can't play. They can't play. Can't, yep, can't play. And you guys they gotta, gotta test the coaching. Hold on, but I'll, who do they lose to in the playoffs? Leesville. Okay. Three times. Leesville. Three times. Three times. Three times. Lost them in the regular season. No, they lost them four times. They lost them twice in the regular season. They lost them- <laughs> Then they lost to him right before the playoffs to win the first a conference first tournament. Game. Conference and tournament. Lost, yeah. And they lost again to, to go to state. Yo, yeah. that's impossible. How you lose the same team four times? But in the one season, that's impossible. All right, but let's but let's tie this. Yeah, that is very much impossible. But let's tie this right back. Let's tie this right back into like circuit ball, right? How do you lose? How do you lose that many games in a Subpar. Let's say a average, a sub. Let's say an average basketball conference in North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And you got at least four guys on sponsored uh, circuit teams. I tell you, coaching. And I also, <laughs> I also tell you the second thing: player development. There's a lot of guys. Listen, when you have four, six, eight, some crazy like that. Yeah, that's just part. Of, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. That's part I of mean, it. I just. And, and the thing is, is these coaches are these coaches are uh, promoting, you know, instead of saying, yo, like if I see you play bad, I'm going to be like, yo, you need to work on this, right? They're not being vocal saying, hey, your ball handling sucks, right? Get in the gym, work on your ball handling. Dude, you can't even take, you can't even, you know, go off the dribble. What's going on? You know, it's, it's no, there's no feedback. So these kids, and then you got the recruiting and stuff at the same time. So these kids feel like they're invincible. I think so they're they get afraid the- to say something to him. Well, what do you call them guys? What's, what's the three guys' name? Did that be uh, those uh, recruiting guys? Always, what, uh-huh. I guess they uh, commentating those games. Uh, That's uh, what now, see, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, they the the who the people. But this this, this this generation need that butter though. You know what I mean? Like, you, I didn't need nobody to tell me that I was a decent player. You know what I mean? So those are the things that we didn't we didn't have to deal with. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, man. The reality just, is everyone's going to get to college, and then you're going to go against a guy who's your size, and he's 230 pounds. Me, I got the rude awakening. I got to West Virginia, and I, I was behind Juwan Staten. My size, 220 pounds. I was smaller, couldn't even get past him on the dribble. Very rude awakening <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these guys are gonna get it, you know. So I think it's I think there's gotta be better development in the the minor league systems, which is you know high school, AAU, junior, uh, 
Dude, junior it high. starts like the junior high programs, like early, 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 early. Like it starts early, but it goes back to I gotta get my kid in a sponsor in a sponsored a circuit team program early, so maybe I can save him a spot when he gets to high school. But they don't realize that that those circuit teams they don't give a damn about junior high basketball. They don't care about a sixth, seventh, or eighth grader. Bring him to bring him bring him to me when he's 15, 15. yeah, when he's 15, 16, and he's Make averaging my- 20 points in high school, and he's a pretty much a finished, like polished uh, product. That's what they want. Polished products. They don't want to develop anything. Everything oh, they don't want to develop anything. Yeah. So what could these what could these high okay, so let's shift a little bit, right? So we t- we're looking at the high schools in the area in which a lot of them could do a lot of things to recruit are a part of their system that they could be doing to make themselves comp- contenders because there's clearly a major drop off between, you know, the Millbrooks and Leesville's versus the, I don't know, uh, your Garners and you well, know, schools like that. Well, it's just a couple things, right? It's a couple things. Like those couple schools, they have the circuit. They have a lot of the circuit guys, right? They have two, three on every team, like those two teams that we mentioned. They have the circuit guys, right? That's the first, like, shift of talent as far as them having, like, the majority of the players, right? The second thing is, the second thing that I see that they have is you got to have a, uh, you got to have a basketball program. Like, I think everybody, like, preaches program, but they don't have a program. Like right. a program is something that you have off season workouts, you have off season weight training, you have uh, skill development, you have one on ones with your guards, you have one on ones with your bigs, you have like you take advantage of every single open open date for the high school workout period possible. Um, open gym, I know, open, gym open gym. Like let's just say open gyms, right? Um, I mean that's a big thing for me is as as far as these kids just not having access, like to go in and work on their game like they should. I know some schools they do open up, open like I mean they do open up their gyms, but I know a lot of them they don't. Um, I know that's a big thing as far as me, um, as far as one of my things. Like I know down in Atlanta, for instance, like a lot of those bigger popular high schools, like during the summer, it's wide open. Like you may see college guys in there, you see pro guys, you see the high school guys in there, and they're all getting good bump. I mean, they're getting like those high school kids are getting better. Like yeah. they're not, I mean, they're not just saying only our players can come in here for this small block of time. But I think it goes back to the high school coaches opening up those gyms. But then it's not all their fault because then you know they want to be compensated. You know, these guys that are jumping four AAU teams in the summer. It's like, dude. Because <laughs> you know I mean? it's oversaturated, though, right? Because it it, it, back in the days, it was just Boo Williams, it was Richmond Metro, and you had DC. Right? Yeah. Oh. So you can't jump. You're not going to jump from you live in the Tywood area. You're not going to jump from Tywood area to Richmond. That's an hour and a half away. You're not going to go to DC. That's two hours. You see what I'm saying? So it's oversaturated, like Team Wall. You got like ten programs in a fifty-mile radius. So it's easy to go left or right. You know, I mean, I, I, I just don't. I get my ball. I get mad. I take my ball and go home. That's that's a lot of what's really going on. <laughs> right. I get mad. I take my ball and go home. Like, okay, I just go play for them. 
And I mean, really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of coaches. They're afraid to lose players. Um, and there's a lot of players that don't mind just jumping ship and leaving. Like, it's like, and let's just be real. Some of those, like, top guys that we're talking about, they don't want to be coached. I always, I mean, even myself, like, I always cater to people who just don't have that that light because that hunger's different. You know what I'm saying? That hunger's different, and then you tend to get more loyalty out of somebody who understands that they're without this platform, they ain't gonna be there. So you know, it's this is what it's got to be for me, and I gotta make the I gotta make the most out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of tough. It's a tough era for basketball for sure. And the more the internet just becomes more more relevant, it's the harder it's gonna be to be able. You, you can see it on the college level. I mean, guys. The one dude at Kentucky, five-star, he played five games, wasn't good enough, realized, Coach K realized, dude, you're not good, right? What can you talk about? Um, the dude from Jersey. He's like the 6'6 dark-skinned boy. Um, I forgot his name, man. Um, from, I'm out of right, nah, okay. At Kentucky? Yeah. This, this year. This year. Wow. I'm about to look it up right now. I'm literally looking it up. This is gonna drive me drive me crazy. Khalil Whitney. He from he from Jersey. Dude played five games, right? He was starting. His minutes slowly dwindled because the other two guys, the other two guards were better, period. And then he left midseason and said he worked too hard to not start. Um or whatever the case may be. But little do you know. Dude, you just not that. You're not Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? You ever see that? It's, it's, see, a lot of these kids don't understand. Like, they listen to the wrong people. And then, you know, somebody tell you, you you're a power five guy and you really go major. You know what I mean? You might yeah. be a better like, guy than you power five. You know what I mean? And you're probably a three-year player, not a one-year player. Yeah. I, so, tell, I, t- I, tell, I tell a lot of these kids that. Um, even for, you know, for my little cousin's a, a five-star linebacker. And I told him, I'm like, dude, don't go to Alabama. Why? No. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to be sitting by another five-star. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be sitting by another five-star. Go somewhere else where you can go where it may not be as high, right? But go somewhere else where you can get shined. That's why I like Anthony Edwards. Smartest guy. Smartest guy. Anthony yeah. Edwards. Hello, and thank you for listening to We'll name this basketball podcast later. Uh, This concludes part one. Stay tuned for part two.